1: Welcome back to the Staff and Grab podcast. I am Mike Stevens, and sitting across from me is the one and only future first female GM in NHL history, Rachel Dory. Rachel, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I've got a gross allergy cough, but other than that, I'm doing all right. How are you, buddy?
1: I'm, you know, I'm in the exact same boat, not with allergies, but everyone I know, including myself, is sick right now. Um, we had to not do the the the, the Hockey News flagship show today, uh, or not today, this week, because uh My lovely esteemed colleague and boss and co-host Ryan Kennedy was uh, was ill. And then also on top of that, I am feeling like garbage uh, and will likely go and take a nap after we do uh, two podcasts together today.
0: Can I point something out? Hit me. Do you notice that when wearing masks in society stopped being mandatory, everybody started getting sick with like non-COVID related stuff?
1: Yeah, it's almost like staying (laughs) away from other human beings and
0: uh, wearing a mask works.
1: It it you know it's it does seem to work. Um, I did
0: not get the flu, strep, literally any sickness during COVID, other than getting COVID, which I got when I wasn't wearing a mask.
1: Yeah, I didn't get any like I didn't get even so much as a cold, and yet here we are. It's it's nuts. Um, all right, you know, our Friday our Friday episodes are usually a little more chill, not quite as uh, not quite as long or intense. So let's just do it, and we we're gonna start off, Rachel. Uh, the All-Star roster was finalized last night. For some reason, um, at, like, 10 p.m. Eastern time on a game that wasn't nationally broadcast in Canada um, at the intermission, it was the intermission show of the Oilers and the Lightning. Um, it, it, just an odd, especially as someone who writes, like, the news hits and stuff uh, about that, just an odd, odd time to rele- like to make a big announcement like that. Like, it was, like, you know, the game wasn't a national game in Canada. Um, I think it, like, it was on ESPN in... Um, in the States, but it was like the intermission of a game that started at 9 p.m. Eastern. So like the actual announcement happened at like 10, it like maybe a little after that. It was very weird. Uh, it was a very weird time to do that. But hey, now we know who's going, who's going to the so All-Star like, game.
0: On that point, yep. it's hockey day in Canada on Saturday. And there's a bunch of flagship games happening in the U.S. as well. Why would you not have just held off and announced it as part of, like, the Hockey Day in Canada broadcast and, like, one of the bigger broadcasts in the U.S.? Like, that part, I don't get. It it seemed like such a missed opportunity, which is just, like, I guess, the theme of what happened Mm -hmm. in the NHL this week. Um,
1: Oh, we'll get to that.
0: Yeah, but I, I just, I totally agree with you. Like, this is something where if you want people to be like remotely interested in it you need to market it properly and announcing the rosters in a game that like okay yeah it's on ESPN but it's like not nationally broadcast in the country that does like the ratings is tough
1: yeah it, it's very it's very odd like i don't understand why uh why they did it that way but hey they did it you know that's uh, uh that's something we got to we got to deal with so rachel um speaking of that we now have the all-star rosters listed here uh last night it was like the fan votes you know so last night we had uh for the metropolitan division we had um uh, sorry i'm just bringing it up here because like my adam prep...
0: fox yeah so
1: for the metropolitan division we had adam fox Timmy panarin and Elias sorokin uh for the atlantic we had austin matthews david pasternak and um andre vasilevsky
0: which makes sense absolutely
1: <laughs> those um, three
0: absolutely should be there regardless of vote or not
1: absolutely uh in the central we had uh we had two two avs so miko and nathan mckinnon and then connor connor uh rounding it out and then uh and then finally from the pacific if it can freaking pull up here we had it was uh, horvat, horvat
0: dry and skinner and stewart skinner a choice this is okay so we need to talk about this first of all to me there are four
1: like big snubs
0: maybe three like big snubs, and then, like, a fourth where I'm like, he probably should have been in there, but, so, Kyle Connor not going is ridiculous nice. to me. Yeah, so, Jack Eichel was also a big snub for me. Everything he's mm-hmm. been through the last few years, um, I believe he's, like, a point of game so far. Um, I thought that would have been cool. Uh, Rasmus Dolly not getting in is, is a snub for me, although it's really hard to argue Matthews Pasternak and... Vasilevsky going like those are fair but Jake Ottinger was the other one and for me like Connor Hellebuck's potentially gonna be the Vesna conversation this year so like that's fair but Mm. I think the all-star game because they're breaking it down by divisions and we should get into like the whole situation around the all-star game anyways but like I look at it and say, regardless of what team they play on, what division they're in, there needs to be some kind of change in how the NHL does the all-star game because you need to have all of your best players or like most entertaining marquee players there. And we just don't have that right now. Like, why is Stuart Skinner going over Jake Ottinger?
1: Yeah, it it doesn't make any like Stuart Skinner over Jake Ottinger is insane. Any
0: Oilers goalie should not be there this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's objectively. Look, Stuart Skinner's had a great year. Like he's 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 coming. He's potentially their goalie of the future. Like they've signed him to a great, you know, to an extension, and he's taken over Jack uh, Jack Campbell's role as the starter. And even though Campbell seems to be fighting for that back, he's won his last six starts. But like, you know, there's there's a lot there. But this is the All Star game. Like this is the All Star game. Like this is supposed to be where stars go. And and uh, like it's always good to see you know like a player come in and, and earn his spot. But like Jake Ottinger is one of the best goalies in the entire league. Um, he was front and center, basically being the only reason, uh, uh Dallas pushed Calgary to seven games last year, he put on an absolute clinic. Um, I don't understand why, look, I also want to make it clear here too, that like the NHL, this is not like election fraud. Like I'm seeing a lot of people being like, I want the angel to release the data cause it's ridiculous. This person again, it, like no look. one
0: cares guys
1: at the end like- of the day, like relax, your favorite player didn't like the NHL isn't like hiding secret ballots and and you know, like we shouldn't stop the count here, and like it's like it's ridiculous. Um, but like, I just don't understand why, like, why Stuart. Like, there's just certain, and like it's fan voting, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure Stuart Skinner got a, you know, got more votes than Jake Onger. Like Edmonton, the Edmonton have a rabid fan base, you know, for good, and for better, or for worse. Usually for worse, but in this case, at least it was better for Stuart Skinner. And I get that, and I'm going to be at the All Star Game. Like I'm going to 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 cover it, and. Like, I, I've never talked to Stuart Skinner before, so at least it'll be a new, you know, thing for me. But I, I just I think can't.
0: I what? look at this and I go, OK, in the MLB, you have the Home Run Derby, which is objectively the most entertaining part of their All-Star yeah. weekend. Right. It's the skills competition is essentially what it is. Right. Then you have the NBA All-Star game, which is the best All-Star game there is. And it's like, not even close either. They bring in guys like similar to last year. You remember how the NHL brought Trevor Zegers for the shootout? Yes. The NHL, we've been harping on this for so long, but they basically just need to look at what the NBA does and, and do that. The reason guys want to skip all-star is because it's not that vibe. You need to make it an event that players want to be at. Mm -hmm. Like you got to make it, there's got to be something about it. That's got the pull. Like LeBron and Steph and like all those guys all want to go like that's that's their thing. And so the NHL needs to do that because to me, I think it's extremely silly that like we're coming down to a fan vote to decide whether the H- reigning heart trophy winner should be at the All-Star game. The best player beyond in the entire dumb.
1: league. The best player in the entire league. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Wait, the reigning Hart trophy winner
0: is Austin Matthews.
1: He is. I thought sorry for a second I thought it was Connor McDavid I know he got but even still like it should, but it's but like yeah why? I was gonna say it's nuts it's that we should it's so
0: no. dumb it's so dumb
1: there are a lot of star players too like like Pasternak is a superstar Vasilevsky is like the best goalie of his generation like it's like there are certain players that shouldn't need fan votes to get into the All Star game like every year in the NBA. They we know exactly like we know who the main guys are and it's the reserves that that are sort of like the wild cards that guys that are fighting for and then they have a draft where like literally LeBron and Kevin Durant choose their teams or LeBron and Giannis choose their teams and it's fun and it's interesting and like the NHL needs to make the all-star game like a marquee event and they need to make it as appealing enough to players where they don't be they don't want to choose, like, you know, a five day vacation or something over it. They want it to be like a great opportunity to market themselves,
0: and it's not even just that. So, like, in the NBA, you have like the dunk competition. they're they're having a G league player who is ridiculous at dunking. They're inviting him to the thing because yeah. it's entertaining. So for like something like hardest shot, I want to see a guy like Ryan Pollock who has no business being in the actual all-star game. But I want to see him there for hardest shot. So they need to give him a reason to be there. shootout specialists, like, I want to see them in the same way they brought Trevor Zegers last year. Bring your best passers. Like, this should not be difficult. And then maybe it's less taxing on the guys playing in the games because maybe they don't have to take part in certain things because they're playing in the All-Star game. So like, yes, Austin Matthews should probably take part in the accuracy shooting competition. Connor McDavid should absolutely be in the fast skater competition. But like, I, fastest skater is a great example I want to see Caspery uh, Kapanen. I want to see Ilya Mikheyev. I want to see Connor McDavid, Dylan Larkin. Like, Ilya Mikheyev and Caspery Kapanen are never playing in an All-Star game. But you can't say we're having a fastest skater competition and then not have, like...
1: The fastest skaters.
0: Th- th- three of the five fastest skaters there. Like, it just doesn't make sense.
1: It doesn't. And it's it, it's also, like... It's it, the thing about the the NBA too is like so the all like it's funny because the the dunk contest has gotten extremely stale, like lately because like there's only so much you can really do. But they're trying new different ways to spice it up. They're bringing this guy in because he's just like insane at dunking, and they're gonna you know like include it. it's it's an interesting way to get him in there stuff like that. Like the NHL, we need to try stuff. And I think that I look my idea and this was um this this was uh, I said this on uh, the, the hockey news podcast with Ryan and and. So, and so I wanted to run it by you, Rachel, because this is the uh, All-Star Games in Florida this year. And, uh, and I think what Florida is known most for is, the, is Florida Man, you know, the Florida Man headlines. And yes. so I thought that the NHL should have a Florida Man challenge where throughout the course of the weekend, within the confines of the law, that's what I say, within the confines of the law, um, they pick like five NHLers, whatever, to participate in this, and they have to generate the craziest Florida Man headline by the end of the weekend.
0: Oh my God!
1: That's my idea. Like, and, and like I said, within the confines of lot, they can't do anything illegal, can't hurt anybody. But I think it's, but I, I think that you know, in terms of that, they should do the because I think that's fun. Like you're embracing where the where the place is. Do fun and do fun things like that. Um, I don't know. I think it would just be be a lot better, uh, a lot better product.
0: I feel like that could be a good idea. I feel like it could get pretty unhinged. Like, you can have opportunities for, like, sea and stuff like that. Exactly!
1: That's supposed to be the fun!
0: I, I actually would kind of be down for that. But, like, you know what? I'm extremely... You know what the NHL got right this year?
1: What did they get right, Rachel? The
0: jerseys. A
1: one Those million things, percent.
0: Oh. Like, the Miami Vice vibes, I am so here for that.
1: When was the last time you looked at an NHL All Star jersey and you thought, oh, I got to get me one of those?
0: Like a really long time ago. I don't even own an All Star jersey.
1: I don't either, but I don't think I've said that within my lifetime.
0: Ever. But these ones are awesome. Like they're so cool.
1: These ones are from like the one, like the sort of style of what the NHL wore from 1994 to 1997. So that was before, it started before we were born and it ended when we were one years old.
0: Pretty much. Yeah. So,
1: like within our lifetime, basically, there's never been a good All Star jersey. These are incredible. The Miami, the Miami Vi- um, Vice vibes are fantastic, especially because it's in Florida. Um, and just like just the retro version, like you have this reverse retro um, sort of campaign that you're doing with Adidas. It should absolutely uh, you know extend to the All Star game. And you know I've just always been a fan of the NHL with uh, with the orange in its in its logo. Like I love yep. that orange NHL crest. Maybe not like the the flat puck one that they that No, that no, no. Have. That
0: one was terrible. But the orange is good, yes. Yeah, so but I, I like
1: I've always liked the NHL orange crest on the so sort of right on the, the like the neck of all the uh of all the reverse retro jerseys. This has that too. I think it's awesome. I love it.
0: Yeah, they they nailed that one. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I'll be interested to see kind of like what it looks like live. Um
1: because yeah, I, mean, I feel like
0: it's gonna be pretty cool and it would be they're a hundred percent not gonna do this but it would be so cool if like somehow Miami Vice like color scheme was incorporated into like the ice surface or like the ads or something like that like you know yeah. how you have ads on the boards and like you know for hockey fights canceled they're all purple mm-hmm. uh what if you had like Miami Vice boards like that would be cool
1: that would be cool they're definitely not gonna do that because no they're the not doing that but it would be very center. cool. But yeah, that would be really cool. Look, I just think, I, I think it's one of these, it's a rare opportunity where the NHL fully got it right. Like no 100%. notes. And anyone who is saying they don't like this jersey, it's just, you're either trying to be a contrarian or like you're, or it's just like you have bad taste. Like for real, it, this is, this is a, fen, a phenomenal jersey. We should be wanting the NHL to do more stuff like this, more fun. And my goodness is, is this fun. Like, like I said, like I've never, never in our lifetimes, Rachel, we're the same age. Never in our lifetimes have we have we wanted have we looked in an All Star jersey and thought, yeah, I want to get me one of those. I think that's worth it. Um, these are absolutely like these are fantastic.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. I might get you. I'm not going to All Star. I was actually planning to go. Um, you might
1: get me to get pick you up one.
0: I might not a jersey, but like maybe like a hat or something like that, like a, a beanie. I could be down uh, for sure. something like that. Just let me. I know me a couple know. people that are heading to All Star, so we might have to. To put that that request in because I think I don't really wear um like ball caps. I wear mm-hmm. those like, you know, the ones that are like the soft, like the dad hats.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. You I
0: wear those like when I'm out on like the boat or like in the summer by the pool. But as a habit, like when was the last time you saw me wear a baseball cap?
1: <laughs> I cannot. I, I don't think I've ever seen you wear a baseball cap.
0: Yeah. I'm a beanie girl. I love my hats mm-hmm. with the pom poms on them.
1: I know you do. I am a big baseball cat kind of guy like I love that so I'm I'm a, like I'm not leaving Florida uh without one of those just do me um, a favor
0: I don't want to see you in any Florida man headlines okay
1: ah, no promises no promises I'm gonna be as unhinged as humanly possible I, I look I've already I already made it out of Florida without you know causing trouble before when we you were did. in Tampa to cover the uh, to cover the cup final and that was Tampa in the middle of the summer that was like, like I, I know I said this after I got back. I think I was talking with Jesse about this when I got back. But, like, my goodness, I can't believe anyone lives in Florida year-round. Like, that is...
0: Oh, yeah. Like, it's...
1: You could not pay me enough money to, to live there. Like I said, I had, to bring, I had to bring two shirts with me to the rink because the first... Like, because we had to walk, like, 10 minutes from our hotel to the shuttle bus to get to the rink. And I would sweat through the first shirt just walking to the bus that I would need to switch... Into a new dry shirt by the time I got to the bus. It was insane. Can't believe anyone lives there. And I love I can't wait to uh to go back right into the, you know, throw myself right back into the furnace. It's gonna be great. Um speaking of things that are heating up though, Rachel, Bo Horvat is it's looking like Bo Horvat's gonna get traded very soon. Like we're getting we're getting a lot of reports here. And uh Are
0: you saying that there are rumblings?
1: I think there are rumblings, I think they're murmurs. Um, I think there are, uh, uh, whispers even, uh, that are now starting to, to turn into potential haulers. Um, this is, uh, we're, we're getting there. It seems like Bo Horvat is just, just pretty, like, first of all, this is a player, like very rarely do we see a player who's on pace for 60 goals, um, get traded mid season. And, uh, number two, I mean, this is the captain, um, he should, in, in theory, be re-signed by the team, but of course, they cho- we've already been over this. They've chosen J.T. Miller over that. It's going to be a decision that haunts the organization for years and years and years to come. It was reported that Boston um, uh, uh, is, is making a hard push uh, for Bo Horvat, which is extremely on brand uh, for Boston because they always love to go big game hunting right around the deadline for a big push. And considering the age of a lot of their stars, whether it's Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, uh, Brad Marchand's getting up there, uh, David Pasternak is in the last year of his deal, and he still doesn't have one ironed out. Uh, you know, this might be their version of The Last Dance, but Boston doesn't have a lot to give up in this. So I don't know where these rumors are coming from.
0: Yes. Um, okay, so I think you made a really good point. You pointed out that like their two top centers are... Old and old is putting it nicely. Um, David Kreitsche, like he played in Czechia last year, so it is fair to assume he's going to hit a wall at some point,
1: mm-hmm. just like, like Austin just, Matthews did is. 10 games into his uh, into his career, according to TSN, right? Oh, god.
0: Um, and then you have Patrice Bergeron, who you just never know, he's kind of a wild card in all of this. But I'm also, I have decided I'm going by the mindset of, I believe Patrice Bergeron can do it until he shows me that he can't. Um, but I think Beau Horvat is actually very interesting for Boston because he provides, like, he's obviously a scorer. And so what that would enable Boston to do is you could reunite the perfection line, right? So you could do Bergeron, Marshawn Pasternak, and then if you have Horvat in the middle on your second line, then you have him with, like, Taylor Hall and, I don't know, like, uh, Jake DeBrusque when he's healthy, Mm -hmm. maybe, Um, and then that puts Krejci in your third line, and I think that's probably, as we get later into the season and into the playoffs, that's some serious depth. And then when you inevitably lose one of them, and I think the Bruins will lose at least one of their centers this summer, then maybe you can retain Horvat to to keep him. But um, yeah, like I can understand Boston's fit for sure.
1: Yeah, but I I, I totally I, I think David I think uh Horvat would be an incredible addition to pretty much any team. Like like he's he's a phenomenal player, but Boston he he seems like he would fit his game his style you know, like adding an extra little oomph of goal scoring to them, that'd be great. Um, I mean, that gives them an incredible depth of centers, incredible depth of, of in the top six, just an all-around incredible um, lineup. But I'm looking at their assets and, like, what do they give up? Because, like, they have a first this year, but that will likely, you know, considering they are far and away the number one team in the NHL, that will likely be very late. Um, pros- they don't really have any, like, A-level prospects, like Fabian Lysel maybe, but, like, you know, I'm going to go
0: mm, – I don't think Fabian Lysell is going to be included. If I were um, betting, the name I'd be looking at is Brandon Carlo.
1: Yeah, I can see that. But then, He fits
0: like, – so if you listen to what Jim Rutherford said, he's like they want guys that are below 27. I believe Brandon Carlo is 25.
1: He's 26.
0: Or 26. So he fits that. He is their NHL PA rep in the Boston room. So you got to think about it. In a room full of leaders, they've elected him as their mm-hmm. like PA rep. That should kind of speak to the character that he has. Um, I've also like heard nothing but just like amazing things about this guy. Um, he is a more than capable defenseman, and I think we can agree that Vancouver could use more Anyone. than one of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that you could center a deal around Bo Horvat and Brandon Carlo. I think that you would probably still need either a prospect or a pick. Um, But Brandon Carlo is a high end ad for Vancouver like that. You know how we talked about quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. That's a quality piece. If you get Brandon Carlo, like he's on a good contract, that's that is a legit piece where I feel like you could then have like a two piece package as opposed to like a three piece package kind of thing.
1: It depends, though, on what like because we know we we know we uh, the Canucks are are they're trying to, you know they're trying to do a retool so they're not going to rebuild so but I just just adding a guy like Carlo who's already twenty six he's signed for another five years at four point one he's not good
0: contract which is a very
1: good contract and he's a phenomenal defensive uh, uh, defenseman but like he has pretty much no offensive upside and
0: but I think if you pair him with. Quinn Hughes. That's yeah, probably that what great. you go because they're they're gonna trade Shan at the at the deadline. Like that part oh, is, yeah. is signed, sealed, and delivered. Yeah. So you bring in Brandon Carlo. A top pair of Quinn Hughes and Brandon Carlo is actually pretty good. Like that's a pretty good top pair. I would say that's like in the upper half of the league in terms of top pair. What's beneath it is deeply concerning. But I think at least if you're if you've decided that this is the path you want to go down. Then Brandon Carlo is probably the guy that I would look at. Um I'm not sure how enamored or how happy the Canucks would be with Fabian Lysel being part of the return. Um I would think I just I'm just not sure. Um I think that they would prefer the established NHL uh player. And I think at the end of the day, you're probably got to have some level of draft pick in there. Um, and if it's a first round pick this year in a in a really deep draft, like I think Carlo in a first round pick is pretty good value for Bo Horvat.
1: Yeah, I just like if I'm the Canucks, I'm, I'm getting as many futures and prospects and stuff as I can get. Like, I know they want the established players, but like,
0: oh, I'm not man. saying I agree. I'm just no, saying no, I know. Brandon Carlo is a name that I'd be seriously looking at if I were anybody looking at this trade.
1: But then I also look at that and I'm like, okay, so I'm the I'm the Boston Bruins. I'm gearing up for a Stanley Cup run. You know, like, like I'm re- I'm ready to rock. Like we're like our, our goal is to win the Stanley Cup at all costs. Isn't Brandon Carlo the exact type of defenseman you want in the in the playoffs?
0: So he hasn't been particularly good for Boston in the playoffs, if I recall correctly. Hmm. Like, and so I and I'm not really sure why. I could be wrong in that, but I feel like that is the impression I have gotten. um. And Boston, like, they have Hampus Lindholm. They have Charlie McAvoy. Like, they do have pieces. They got Mike Riley in the minors. Just
1: in the minors. Yeah. But he's not so a it's, defensive. It's, they
0: don't have a shortage of NHL defensemen. And I do, what I could see is them basically, like, subtracting Carlo from kind of, like, the top end of their lineup because they have Lindholm and then adding sort of, like, a depth piece at the deadline. Like, honestly, it really wouldn't surprise me if Boston was interested in Shen as well. In which case, like, Mason Lowray, who's probably their top prospect after Lysel, has to be included in the deal somewhere. But, like, what? imagine you had, like, a Horvat-Shen deal.
1: That would be massive.
0: I feel like you'd get a pretty decent return. Um...
1: You should. Like, the like Luke Shen is going to, if they play this right, which I have no faith that they will, but if they play this right, like, Luke Shen could net them a huge asset. Like, there are a lot of teams that are around the league that are looking for a big-bodied, right-shot defenseman who's defensively responsible um, and can Edmonton. move the puck. Edmonton needs Luke Shen desperately. Like, if
0: Edmonton is prepared to give up a first-round pick for Joel Edmondson... Then they should be prepared to give up a first round pick for Luke Shen. I think that they've got a legit chance to to get an asset here. Um, But if you they can get a first round
1: pick for Luke Shen,
0: potentially, yeah. But in twenty twenty three, if you insane, I mean Ben Sherrod got a first round pick, so So
1: we all know that's gone really
0: well. I, I think they'll probably end up trading Shen for a prospect unless they can get a first-round pick because a prospect's closer to playing, which clearly matches up with the timeline that oh Jim Rutherford laid out. So I, what I'm doing is I'm taking the timeline that he laid out and going, okay, what assets match with that? This is not what I would do.
1: What a dumb, dumb team, man. Like, ugh, just, like, we're we're talking about handcuffing their potential return because they want to be the 16th best team in the league. Like...
0: I mean, I think Brandon Carlo is good. Like that's Yes, not... but
1: he's not pushing you over the top. He's not making oh, no. a contender, especially if you're subtracting Bo Horvat from the equation. Yeah. Like unbelievable. I I
0: I also think they should be trading Andre Kuzmenko because he yes. absolutely gets
1: you a first round pick.
0: That is a like fifty, potentially sixty point guy on nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Like, come on.
1: Imagine ima- like if they if they actually decided to be smart about this, if they decided to to actually take the like it doesn't even have to be a huge step back, but take the step back that they need to take, they could exit the deadline with potentially three 2023 first round picks, three first round picks in in arguably the deepest draft in in like a decade, a draft that is called a kingmaker draft. They could exit with three picks and potentially other prospects and other sort of like pieces included. But instead, they really want to be the 16th best team in the league. That's their ceiling. And so now they're going to handcuff their potential return by wanting to take, take stabs on either prospects that are close or guys who are under, like, you know, like 27 years old. It's just, it's, it's dumb. It makes me mad. Um, speaking of things that are dumb and make me mad, uh, we're going to round it out today with, you know, the biggest story in hockey, um, which is Ivan Provorov. Uh,
0: oh.
1: I, look, Ivan Provorov, everyone knows what happened. The Flyers are hosting their Pride Night, a night that is, uh, you know, meant to show meant, meant to uh, demonstrate to a community that has been marginalized forever by hockey that they are welcome in this community, um, that they're welcome among the other fans. And Ivan Provorov um, decides not to do something as minimal as wearing a as wearing a, a warm up jersey with a rainbow like with with rainbow insignia on it because of his religion. Um, and look. Freedom of religion is, is a right in the United States. Um, but I always look at freedom of religion. I always look at people who ha- use their religion in these cases and I go, okay, so if you're, if you're really, if, if, if religion is really something that, that, you know, you base your life on that you, that is, that is worthy to take this stand. It must be like that in all walks of life, right? It must be like that in every, and so I, I, you know, I, I grew up in, I grew up in the church. Like I went to friggin' Bible camp as a kid, you know, like I, like that, I don't go to church anymore, but I, I, you know, like I, that was a big part of my life growing up. And I do know that the number one thing in there is, you know, or one of the number one things is, is, you know, like a uh, premarital relations, you know, uh, or stuff like that. And I can't help but notice that Ivan Provrov is like, you know, lived with his girlfriend for like five years, six years, like. There's certain things that it seems like are okay to make concessions on uh, when they benefit you, um, but then you need to really draw a hard line in the sand uh, when you don't have a, a stake in it. Here, it just—it's it, it, infuriating.
0: Yeah, I think, I think the issue that I had with it was, listen, Ivan Provorov is free to believe what he wants and say what he wants. In the same token, we are also free to then judge him on those decisions. Mm-hmm. And to me, Matt Barnaby's tweet kind of hit it on the head. I'm not going to say it because it's not safe for work. Yeah. But just go to Matt Barnaby's Twitter account, and he absolutely nailed it. The thing is, and this is where I think it got lost. Ivan Provorov is free to not wear that jersey. That's, mm-hmm. that's fine. But at the same time, this night wasn't about saying that I, whatever your community, like I'm going to be an ally and I'm this and I'm that. Nobody, nobody was saying that. That's not the purpose of these nights. The purpose of these nights is like you said earlier, it's to show fans of the LGBTQ plus community that they are welcome and valued and appreciated as hockey fans, Mm-hmm. We're not asking Ivan Provorov to go meet with the community or do, raise money or whatever the case may be. We're just saying there are fans of the Philadelphia Flyers that are part of this community. And it would be nice if their players stepped up and said, we appreciate that you're fans and we want you to know that you are welcome here. And you are welcome as part of our fan base. That's what it was. It wasn't a big trumpet. Like he was, he didn't get asked to march in the pride parade, which I could understand based on his, I'm going to put this in air quotes, beliefs. Um, I could understand if he didn't want to participate in, but he wasn't being asked to do anything. He was just being asked to say, if you're a fan of the Philadelphia Flyers and you're part of the LGBTQ community, I still appreciate you as a fan. And I don't think that's asking a lot. The other thing, and I, this has driven me crazy for years, is the freedom of speech thing. Mm-hmm. Freedom of speech is not say whatever you want in society without consequences. Freedom of speech means you could say things and not be punished by your government. Mm-hmm. So if you work for a private corporation or any corporation, you sign a code of conduct, Which means that if you say things, you can be fired for them. So if you work for a private company and then you slur, you can't get punished by the government for slurring, but that company can absolutely fire you. In the same way that the Philadelphia Flyers, Ivan Provorov didn't have to wear that jersey, but the Flyers had two opportunities here. They could have sat him for not participating in a reasonable... Uh, promotional night, which is in the standard player contract, and two, and this is the big one, they could argue that he shirked his responsibility in his contract by not warming up adequately. Yes. So, they could have avoided all of this by just saying, he's a healthy scratch. He's a, There are healthy scratches in, from every single team on every single night. You could have just made Provorov a healthy scratch. You're not winning, like, it has nothing to do with that. And I think that would have sent a louder message of – to him, at least. It also wouldn't have – one of the big issues is this is now the focus of the Philly Pride Night as opposed to, like, all the money they raised and, like, Scott Lawton and James Van Riemsdyk's work. Mm. And I have a big problem with that. And so I look at this and say it would have been very easy to just say he's a healthy scratch for team disciplinary reasons or just he's a healthy scratch because it's not like he's playing very well. Um. And then you just kind of go on on your m- merry way. And do I think that's a good long-term solution? No. But at the same time, it's created this huge distraction, which we all talk about character-wise, that is just totally not acceptable.
1: For a guy like Tortorella, who really just hates the media circus and, oh, you know, he just can't be bothered with us doing our jobs. He sure made the decision that is going to result in him having to answer questions about this for like, weeks on end. Like, he – and I know that, like – and I wrote about this this week and, and it, it got brought up is that, you know, in 2016 he said any player who protests the national anthem, any, any player who takes a seat for the national anthem is going to stay on the bench for the rest of the game. And he softened that stance. Um, but what he said when he softened that stance was, like, we'll take that and we'll take that to the team and we'll discuss as a team and come to a decision. And as far as I can tell, we haven't, we haven't been told if um, – uh, uh, if, if he did that, I can't imagine there would have been time to do that in between warmups and, and game time, especially late. And, and so Tortorella and, and, and I think obviously Can I I'm also
0: d- yeah, like that's a yeah. great point between warmups. And th- so he came out that Proveroff didn't tell the Flyers that he was doing this and therefore like putting them in a bad spot. Like we talk about not being a distraction character, being a good teammate, X, Y, Z, like all this stuff. I can't even begin to, like, express how selfish that decision was. To put Mm -hmm. your organization in that position is exceptionally selfish.
1: Well, it's also – so apparently the – apparently hockey ops knew about it, but ownership and, like, the business side didn't know about it. And ownership and the business side, they are the ones behind this. Um, Oh, that
0: cannot have gone over well. This
1: was reported by uh, the Athletics' Charlie uh, Charlie – O'Connor? I believe, or or O'Connor, yeah. It's just – Uh, And and another thing too is, so Tortorella is, is he's a coach notorious for his hard lines in the sand that he draws, like his hard stances,
0: his iPad stance. I was
1: going to say that. So I'm like, Tortorella was like, you know, these iPads are a distraction to our team and I'm going to eliminate them from the bench for a game because they're a distraction to our team. We can't have it. Are you telling me that Ivan Provorov basically staging a, a, a personal protest sitting out a team activity which is warm-up every player who plays in every NHL game warms up before the game they go out for warm-ups they don't have to stay there forever but they at least hit the ice and Provorov could have literally just like worn that skated like two laps and then like just gotten off the ice like not even enough time for anyone to take his picture um but for Tortorella like it's funny how he picks and chooses these certain things because they clearly didn't have like we don't know but I have a feeling that in between warm up and puck drop, when you come out, that's like it's about 15 minutes. I can't imagine they had a big team sort of meeting with that, especially one that, especially one that 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 was worthy of like the nuances of this. Because Scott Scott Lawton's brother is an openly gay man, you know. Right. And Scott and and like let me just say like if obviously like you know we want to be allies and everything, but like if my if if one of my family members was was you know like a part of a community like that and um and a teammate of mine made a stance that was like, no, I will not support this community. I'd be pretty pissed off. And I would want to bring that to attention during the discussion. Um, and as well, like Torrella, he, he, he banned iPads from the bench because they were a distraction. You're telling me that a player of his staging, staging a, a protest, like a, an individual protest against, against like the, the sort of collection of the team that not only brought all of the spotlight to him, but took it away from the, from the event that night. Like, Kevin Hayes scored his first career hat trick that night. They th- like the, the the Flyers beat the Ducks five two. It was one of their best games of the season. No one remembers that because of this. I would be extreme like if I if Tortorella. If this was any other thing, I guarantee you that player would sit. But because but but for some reason, the the hard nosed Tortorella, the uh, you know uh, the real sort of like general uh, you know the general patent of an NHL bench doesn't doesn't put his foot down. I just find that very peculiar, and also it made me lose a ton of respect for Tortorella. He's either he's either spineless in in this and doesn't want to take a stance on on either one. Uh, the one time he doesn't want to take a stance on something is this. Um, he'll take a stance on the friggin' Michigan. He'll take a stance on iPads. He'll take a stance on the media. He'll take a stance on anything, but he won't take a stance on one of his players doing this. He'll play both sides. He'll try and dipsy doodle and 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 uh, shield himself. And then another thing is if a, like if a player went about this and uh, about this and, and didn't inform the team in a proper way um he he talked to tortorella about it but like he didn't talk to talk to ownership he didn't talk to the business uh, things he just all that and then they didn't communicate like this is a this is a mess i lost a lot of respect for john tortorella and i i and any time he tries to play that hard ass you know i'm a, i'm the king of the castle here I, I'm 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 the big man on campus. It's just gonna ring hollow for me. I can never take him seriously again after this.
0: I yeah, it, it's really tough um, to see. Like you, you can't really pick and choose if you're gonna be a hardline coach. Like I think you you either have to allow it or you you don't, and you mm-hmm. can't really pick when you do and don't. Uh, so I'm I'm with you there. Like we're we're totally in agreement. Um, the you can play statement oh that got deleted because it was so bad was also bad like no i'm sorry there are there is not room in society for people who believe that people in the lgbtq plus community don't deserve equal rights sorry there's just not like i i that line is in the sand for me if you don't believe that everybody regardless of sex sexual orientation gender like anything race like if you don't believe that they deserve equal rights you are just like you're You're on the wrong side. There is no room for that in society. We're not asking for special privileges or anything like that as, like, allies, and that community is not asking for it either. That community and the people who are allies of that community and other marginalized communities are just saying they want equal rights. They'd like to be able to have a wedding cake without people yelling and screaming. They'd like to be able to just get married without issue and, like, litany of paperwork and lawsuits I mean, black people would like to be able to walk down the street without getting shot at by police officers like this is it's the bare minimum. And I think when you are somebody told this to me, and it's stuck with me for a really long time. If you have the, the power to uplift or help people, then you have the responsibility to do so
1: with it's literally spider-man with great power comes great responsibility
0: there you go like that's yeah that's kind of the same thing if you're a professional athlete which by the way is a privilege not a right um you have the responsibility to to uplift communities that need help and that need that support and sorry but like if you don't like Maybe the, you don't deserve those privileges. Like maybe you're abusing those privileges because you sh- certainly should not be able to uplift hatred and bigotry with your platform. That's just not, mm-hmm. not how society is.
1: Just, uh, and we'll end it on this before there's one little bit of news I want to end the, the podcast on, but just let LGBTQ plus fans be hockey fans for one day without having to fight for their place in the sport. It's always a fight. Anytime, anytime the attention turns to them, they always have to fight all these dumb, insane people who use their existence as a straw man for their own agendas. Um, and I just like just let them, just let them be a fan, just like you are for for go for like one day without having to fight for their place in the sport. It, it, it it's it's infuriating um
0: and a perfect example of this was the kalamazoo wings like yes hosting their pride night and then like an sphl player which like come on man you make like a hundred dollars a week playing hockey get out of here um louis rowe like tweeted a bunch of homophobic stuff yeah. and then you go through his twitter timeline and it is conspiracy theories galore and like just like terrible stuff and his team, the Peoria Rivermen, literally just released him. They were like, nope, not dealing with that. Bye. And that's the whole thing is none of his rights were violated. He was playing for a privately owned team. He has to follow their code of conduct. And if he doesn't, he gets cut. It's a exactly. privilege to play hockey.
1: It's a private corporation.
0: Yeah. Like, you can come to my house, but if you say things that I, like aren't okay with... Me in my house. I have the authority to kick you out. Like that's that's how that works. There's no free speech. It's my house. My hockey team. If so, if I own the hockey team that says that, cool. Like if Philadelphia decided well, I, Ivan Proverbs not playing for us anymore, but they still pay him in the same way that is what's happening with Boston Bruins and Mitchell Miller. Mm-hmm. There's not really a lot you can do.
1: Exactly. All right. Before we end uh, the podcast, one bit of news that came through while we were recording. The Vancouver Canucks are having a full team skate, as they do before uh, before a game. Bruce Boudreaux is not out on the ice.
0: Yeah, so I don't want to make a big deal out of this. Um, I'm texting a couple people right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that it is not um, abnormal for Bruce to miss morning skates.
1: Interesting. Uh, yeah, okay.
0: that's not abnormal. I think people are making it a little bit more than usual but like last year there were full team skates optional skates and he had either kinger or uh mike yo run the practice so i'm assuming one of those two is running practice given that it's colorado i'm going to assume jason king is running practice um and i'm not going to tell you why i assume that but that that is not abnormal for bruce but what i will say is if that is how the club is announcing that they are firing him despicable yeah, just yeah just i can't even say what i'm thinking because it would get me in so much trouble
1: well it's going to happen in the next couple of days right like but this important. is not the
0: way to do it if you're yes. going to do it do it properly not that they've done anything properly
1: yeah ever the,
0: but i would say that don't et, don't panic yeah it is extremely rare somebody gets fired the morning of a game day um and Bruce doesn't like the man is in his early 70s i think mm-hmm. late 60s early 70s like it's not uncommon for him to take a game day skate off he's always on the ice for practice if he was missing on a practice day would i be, would be concerned
1: yeah all right well Rachel that brings us to the end of uh of the staff graph podcast here um if you would like to listen to this podcast or any of the other lovely podcasts the hockey news has Go to the archive on uh, thehockeynews.com slash podcast, and you'll find it all there. Rachel, we'll be back on Monday. Um, Until then, take it easy.